Welcome to Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. My, uh, my, my uh, name is Greg O'Grady, and I am the chair of the Newfoundland and Labrador Stuttering Association and a co-host of Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering, along with my co-host. And I'm Caitlin Mayo. I am a student and an aspiring speech-language pathologist, and I'm Greg's co-host on this podcast. Uh, some, uh, some Stutter Law mission is dismantling and rebuilding stuttering one word at a time. Some Stutter Law mandate is in the spirit of Newfoundland and Labrador humor, robust and frank interactive discussion. Some Stutter Law podcast aims to rebuild confidence and hope for today's and tomorrow's persons who happen to stutter by dismantling stuttering myths, stigma, stereotypes, and barriers. The objectives of our podcast are supporting, raising awareness, and increasing understanding and acceptance of stuttering, providing people who stutter, families, professionals, students, and the general public with current information, research, and resources about stuttering, and promoting the NLSA mission of advocacy and support for people who stutter. Today's Some Stutter Law welcomes Liz Fagan to our podcast. Excellent. Great. So uh, hi to you both. Thank you so much for having me. I couldn't be happier to be a part of this. Uh, yep, as you rightly said, I'm Liz Fagan. I am a local, born and raised in Newfoundland, I'm obsessed with French language and culture. I also use a lot of Russian and German in my work. Um, and I am a linguist and also a musician. Great. Liz, would, uh, would you uh, share, you know, share a little bit uh, about yourself to, to our listeners as a, as a, a person who stutters. Certainly. Um, so I uh, was very, very lucky to ha ha have parents that put me in speech pathology when I was a kid. Um, I didn't start stuttering until I was like seven, um, but it came out pretty, pretty powerfully. It kind of just kind of came on putaku. Um, and what's funny is because I'm a Newfoundlander, I also speak really quickly and it would kind of whiz past people. So they often wouldn't notice at first because it would just sounded like a big bunch of syllables anyway. Um, but lo and behold, it was a stutter. Um, so, um, and I was super lucky to have an amazing speech pathologist. Um, I'm not even sure if she's still working, bless her heart. But anyway, this was, I'm 28 now. So we're talking, we're talking like 25 years ago. Nope, not quite that. 27 years ago, my math was um, but yeah, so it was uh, great, learned a lot of tricks, um, and I have kind of become, how do I say it, I've made peace with having a stutter pretty recently, um, like the last five years, I'd say I became okay with having a stutter, I used to try to hide it, um, this, uh, so many of us do that, ain't that the case, um, yeah, I did it because people, especially people in, um, when languages are their métier, like their um, their job, if you stutter, uh, they're they're going to take what you have to say a bit less seriously, because it makes you sound some. I mean, it, it can often be perceived as you're not as you're sounding unsure of yourself. Um, and where in the work line of work where I'm in, where when you speak, that's your resume. Um, so if you stutter, it just it just it, it can often make you make someone not want to hire you, um, which has happened before. Um, uh, that's kind of why I got into music because I don't stutter when I sing. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, so I, I kind of, I had a big, a big breakthrough about two or three years ago where a dear friend of mine from Paris gave me this book called Comment je guéris mon bégaiement, which is how I healed or cured my stutter. And I got offended by it. And I was like, clearly it wasn't um, a cruel act. You know, she didn't give it to me as an act of unkindness, but I immediately took it as like, she thinks I have something that needs fixing or that my goal would be to fix it. And I remember it sat wrong with me the whole day. I was like, <sighs> and, and um, I have a couple of friends that stutter, not very many. And I asked them about it. I said, how, like, low key, how would y'all feel if someone gave you a book that said, how did, how I, like a success story, like on Oprah or something, how I cured my stutter and how you can too. I was like, but aren't we okay the way we are though? <laughs> um, so I really, I, again, like I tried hiding, I, I didn't talk about it because I had a horrible experience in school. Um, I remember when I was in kindergarten, the kids thought it was contagious, so they wouldn't come near me, stuff like that. Um, and uh, of course, it's, it's a bit different now, um, but uh, I kind of wanted to like speak up, pardon the pun, and be more of a vocal support of stutterers. Um, because I realized I had spent so, 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 so much of my life kind of hiding my stutter that I kind of forgot that I was a person who stutters. And I've always been that, and it hasn't gone anywhere. Um, so uh, so yeah, when I heard about the the, the, the project, I just was like, oh my gosh, ça tombe parfait. Like it's, it falls perfectly into what I'm trying to do. So it was the big honor. And the fact that I can like speak to like, like little baby Liz's somewhere, like little kids who also need that kind of direction is wild. And it's something that I would really be remiss if I didn't do. So I'm super happy to share my story. Liz, when when you mentioned that uh, in, in, a, in your line, a line of work, you mentioned that there's a lot of uh, pressure and I'm sure that uh, this is, you know, this, you know, this, you know, this is a lot, you know, a lot of self-pressure induced uh, uh, on yourself. To, to try to, I guess, hide your stuttering still because of the, you were saying your 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 students may not be be able to may not take it take you serious. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that for us? I I, I would. Um, I I would hide it a lot when I was the student, if that makes sense. Now I'm still taking courses now. Uh, I'm taking a master's degree this year um, in September, uh, but I, I I still take courses because I just can't allow myself to do nothing. I, I feel anxious if I don't do it. Anyway, my point is this, when I was in a position of where I had to impress somebody, I would hide it. However, now that I'm in the school system and I'm teaching, I make no effort to hide it whatsoever. And I love when I get questions about it. I remember, Excellent. yeah, like just before the last lockdown, um, it was uh, grade twos, little darlings. And I was stuttering. And then one of them said, excuse me, why did you say that word a bunch of times? And I had this huge smile. I was like, here we go. And I, I, I looked at the teacher to make sure it was like, okay with her. And she's like, oh, go on. And I was like, I have a thing called a stutter, my friends. I was like, it's not contagious, it's nothing wrong. It's just, I've been doing it for a long time. It's gonna happen. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it hits kind of hard and, and there you go. And to my, I shouldn't say shock, but I was certainly surprised. They were like, okay, no, no bit of disgust or fear or anything. They were like, it was like saying it was Tuesday. I'd be like, yeah. I was like, was it that easy? 
It should have been that easy from the start. Why don't, I, I, I genuinely believe that when it comes to any kind of prejudice, whether it's gender, uh, g- gender orientation, you know, any, any kind of differences, that kids are taught how to judge. They're taught how to treat differences. And to see like at this, this curiosity, this is the thing, curiosity is not a bad thing. I love when I get asked questions about it. Um, when I was a kid, I'd be like, people would always ask me, like, did your father feed you a lot of jello? Like, were you tickled a lot as a child? Because that's what they thought it came from. Of course it didn't. So I love all those questions because while it may be uncomfortable for five seconds, then it's dealt with and it's done. And you never have to do it again, right? So you just get it out of the way and then they're more aware and they'll be more sensitive to the, to the, to the next person who stutters that they meet. And, and I could have maybe helped a little bit. So I love questions. But what a difference of, an, of the experience I had when I was a kid and then talking about it with kids. What a difference. It was, it healed a huge part of me, actually. It was unexpected, but wonderful. <laughs> Great. Caitlin, do, do you have any questions for Liz? I, think, I mean, I, 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 have, I have lots, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I just one question, sort of related, but also not. Um, so you, you clearly have a, like a passion and interest in languages, linguistics, all that stuff. Do you think that your stutter had anything to do with that? Anything to kind of like build that interest in language? I don't know. Y'all are good. <laughs> Y'all are good. Yes, it did. Um, so my first real languagey gig, if we can call it uh, that, was I worked as a translator for court cases. And I remember saying to my first client ever, I think the reason why I love translation so much is because I know what it feels like to know what you want to say, but, 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 but you can't get it out. And I was like, that's navigating in a foreign language. And I loved it so much. And I loved that I stutter in all the languages I use, so it's still consistent. And uh, I, I remember using that one time as a quip when someone was like, you're a linguist and you stutter? And I was like, yep, I stutter in four languages. It's, it's served me well, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> it was just, it's a fun conversation starter. Um, I remember when I got my, my bachelor's degree in 2015, I, I put up the hashtag stuttering linguist. <laughs> I was just so proud of myself, um, but, yeah, so I would say it had a lot to do with it, a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm all about translating personalities, like in the people that I tutor or even myself, because I'm always still learning and getting more languages. Um, I remember saying, like, I, I don't want to speak like how they teach you in school. I want to, I want to like trans, I want to copy, copy code what I am as a person and then put it in a different context. So I'm still quirky. I still talk too much. I still have really weird senses of humor. I can't follow a straight line of topics. I just get too excited and start hopping. So in all my languages, I do that. Um, so of course, um, having my stutter still be there is so important to that, that I wouldn't be me without it. So, so yeah. So when you know when you uh, you know when you uh, mention tricks, do you still use tricks or any 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 uh, like uh, do you know do you still feel pressure to hide your studying if you're talking to adults in any professional uh, situations or, or or is Liz Liz very comfortable very open and very accepting of stuttering um I, I have two things to say first of all is um 
I, I think this is true of all people who are opening, who are open and accepting of the world is that they have a hard time being open and accepting with themselves. Um, I'm still learning how to do that. And um, so, so I was always open and accepting of, I don't even wanna say shortcomings, that isn't the right word, but of, of little idiosyncrasies that kind of make us more unique. Um, I was always very accepting of that, but I was very harsh on myself, very harsh on myself. Um, and uh, actually for a while, and this is, sounds very sad. I didn't speak for about four months. I think I was like 13. And I decided I was going to use sign language for the rest of my life. And I learned maybe like functional signs. Now, could I do any of it now? Not really. But I remember being convinced, like, I'm not going to speak anymore. That's fine. But I remember one time I, uh, I, I would start to uh, stutter my signs because I wanted people to still know it was still me. And I was like, well, then speaking can't be all that bad. <laughs> so I kind of went back to it. Sorry to describe. But anyway, there you go. It's a very tumultuous relationship. With, I mean, it's like, even if you didn't have a stutter, you would have that journey of like accepting yourself wholly as you are, um, which is not easy. So I'm 28 and I'm still navigating um, who I am as a person and how to have interpersonal interactions. Um, but, um, and the first part of your question, Oh yes, do I, do I still use tricks? Yes, I do. Um, there are two that I'm quite fond of. Um, but are they performative? No, um, I don't do them for anybody. I do it to uh, facilitate, to facilitate my own comfort when I'm speaking. Um, I have a hard time saying the word sometimes. So I'll often say humtimes. I'll put an H in front of it. Because it's a fricative, it sounds a bit like it. And if you say it fast enough, no one notices. So I do that a lot. Um, and I also love a gentle onset. I remember when I learned, I think I was in grade four and my then speech path was fabulous, taught me about gentle onsets, which is where you put an H in front of a vowel, um, which I thought was really funny because my friends at the time were Erica and Andrea. And of course they became Herica and Handria, um, which was, it was funny because I never stuttered on their names again, but I never pronounced their names correctly ever again either. Um, so yeah, I still do a lot of gentle onsets and I do a lot of, um, I'll swap letters that sound a bit similar sometimes and just almost as more of an experiment. You're like, I wonder if anyone's going to pick up. <laughs> I just switched letters just for fun. Um, but yeah, so I say sometimes a lot. <laughs> Liz, you know, as, you know, as a, you know, as, as a person who stutters, do, do you spend, uh, you know, what, you know, you know, like as people, people started, we, you know, we tend to uh, think about our starting a lot. Okay. With me now, I mean, we, we, you know, with, with my lived experience, I, I still, you know, put a lot of energy and a lot of thought into my speaking and all also trying to prepare for situations, whatever. And I think there's, a, you know, I'm not too, well, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I think the people who started uh, is, we actually focus a lot of time and energy. How much time do you think, like during the day, do you uh, think about your stuttering? Um, I'm actually pretty grateful to say this because like, I, I guess you don't really notice progress when you're living it, but like you can retro retroactively look back and go, oh, I don't do that anymore. Um, it used to be constant, uh, but I'd say like in the past five years, it only happens when I meet someone new. Um, um, but yeah, so I would say that um, whenever I, whenever I met someone new and I've learned that the best way to grow is to throw yourself into uncomfortable situations, not dangerous ones, uncomfortable ones. 
So I started writing through the Gaboteur, uh, the French newspaper, um, which required me to phone people I did not know and interview them, um, which to me has been incredibly helpful. Um, and I will say this, I have never had one interviewee mention it, bring it up or anything. Very, very patient with me. In fact, all they'll say is, my God, your French is beautiful. And I'm like, thank you so much. But never about my stutter, it never comes up once. And I remember I was interviewing this person, this francophone, uh, an artist, a really good one. And I was pretty afraid to interview him because he's a very intelligent man. And I was like, okay, like, like oof. And I, um, I called him and I actually recorded it because I always record my interviews and they know that. But anyway, um, I stuttered so badly. I, sh I, I shouldn't say badly. I stuttered a lot throughout the entire interview. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to think I'm not very intelligent. Is, isn't that sad, our self-talk? Anyway, I said, he's going to think I'm not very credible. He's going to think I'm, I'm not really writing an article. He's going to think I'm totally not worthy of his time and he's, he's, he's going to hang up in my, in my face. I'm not sure if you have had this, this experience too, Greg, but I often had people hang up in my face if I stutter. I remember like ordering a pizza would be terrible. I would always pay my brother to do it for me. I'd say, if I give you five bucks, could you order me a pizza? That's very sad. Mm -hmm. That's how it was. Oh, yes, Liz, um, definitely. Yes. So, um, and this, this gentleman, this lovely man, gave me a good 45 minutes of his time and answered all my questions and was patient, kind. And um, I remember feeling so, so humbled and grateful when in fact, and this is kind of an indicator of how bad it must have been, when you're so grateful that someone is treating you decently. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. if... If, if, you were, if you were used to being treated kindly, that would just be a regular interaction. Nothing special about it at all. But because I'm not used to that, the fact that he was kind and thanked me and I was like, wow, what an amazing guy. Uh, he was just polite, <laughs> that's all he was. Um, so that's kind of when I realized how, 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 how deep it ran. Mm. It's like if I'm that Liz, impressed, do, yeah, yeah. Do do you you know do you allow facial expressions to affect your stuttering? You know, depending on because I mean people start to look, uh, sort of uh, monitor facial expressions. Depending on on the look, <laughs> it can add to the anxiety and cause more mm -hmm. stuttering. Does that? What what what's your thinking about that? It's very interesting. I've never I've never thought of that before, honestly. Um, I'll say I'll, 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 I'll go at it from both angles. For myself, when I'm stuttering, I like to look someone in the eye. Um, I think it's specifically because it's uncomfortable. And I want the person to exist with me in the discomfort of my experience, which sounds very selfish. But I'm like, don't be afraid. I'm not, you know, in any kind of a medical crisis. I'm just stuck on a word. Give me a second and I'll often smile. I have a friend who, when he stutters, like he'll say like, because um, of course every stutter is different. So you, you could have like a motor stutter where your movements are affected. He could just pour a cup of coffee. He'll be stuck on a word and go, m -m 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 and he'll keep going on about his day, which I find so sweet and so genuine because like, it doesn't have to stop your life. Like you can just like, I'm having a minute. Give me a second. Like, I really love that. Um, but however, the eyes of other people when I stutter, that is a very uncomfortable thing because um, you can tell how uncomfortable they are and they feel bad for you. I guess I'm projecting that. I, don't, I have no way of confirming that. 
um, but as a pretty good reader of social cues, um, people get really uncomfortable when I stutter. Um, and they'll often look away from me. They'll look at something else or my worst is they'll pull out their phone. And I'm like, like, we're still having a conversation, friend. Like, that's not, um, that, oh. But anyway, it's just, and again, like I, I, I have compassion for them because I mean, if I'm the first person who stutters that they've met, how would they know that that isn't the etiquette, right? Um, yeah. How would they know? Um, but yeah, and I, I remember this is, I find this quite sad, but I'm, I'm deciding to transform it into a learning moment. When I meet someone for the first time and, I, and they hear my stutter for the first time, something in their eyes changes. Something in their eyes change. Because they kind of, because I've had people before very innocently, I guess making fun of their friends as they always would. Like if you get stuck in a word, they'll say, yes, come on now, what are trying to say? And then they don't know that I'm a person that stutters. So when I do it, they'll often mimic it back to me. So for those four seconds, I'm horrified and near tears. And then they kind of realize that I have a stutter and they go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you know what? You probably shouldn't assume someone's okay with that. Like, firstly, second, even if you love someone, why would you, why would you make fun of them? Like, oh, I could tear up now. It's so painful. Um, but yeah, that's what I noticed about it is other people's eyes. And then I guess when I, when I want to look in their eyes when I'm stuttering, it's because I want you to feel what I'm feeling. And it isn't a stressful thing. It shouldn't be. It should be, I don't know. It should be like looking at someone when you're laughing. My body is having a reaction. Something is funny and I'm laughing and I want to look at you that we were both in that moment together when we're laughing. So I, I want it's someone to be there with me. It's interesting. This, you know, this, you know, this, you know, this is the first time I've heard her looking, looking into somebody, someone else's eyes to, 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 I guess, to assess and make sure that they're feeling the same way you are. Is um, They say that the, the eyes, the eyes are the, uh, the window of the soul, that's what mm -hmm. they say. That's the old cliche. Uh, Liz, do you have any, now before I ask another question, Caitlin, do you have any questions? <laughs> I mean, I could also come up with a ton of questions, but if you've got your questions ready to go, you can ask them and I can pop some in at the end or whatever. Okay. Uh, Liz, do, do you have any advice for people who stutter in general? What advice would you give us? Um, I would say that it, it, it bespeaks nothing of your intelligence because I have a really big um, intelligence insecurity. Um, of course, a, a lot of other factors play into that, but I have this uh, deep-seated negative talk, which is not true. I know it isn't true, but my mind will say that you're not intelligent. You're not very smart. And that was one of the biggest proofs Entre guillemets, that I had was my stutter. I was like, well, if I were intelligent, I wouldn't stutter. And I've had that since I was like, like seven. I remember being very young and being like, well, I can't, I can't formulate my sentences correctly. You know, so it was. Um, so I would say that so I would say to a person stutters, I say it, it, it says nothing about about you as a person. It says nothing about your intelligence. Um, it's like saying like having asthma makes you less intelligent. It's ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, but it's funny how the mind can convince you of things that you know are ridiculous when you say it out loud and you go, God, but it sounded so convincing when I was thinking about it. And you say it to a friend and they're like, you know how ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say that you are intelligent 
and that what you want to say is worth saying, even if it's to laugh at something, even if it's to tell a story that you've told a thousand times, please tell it again. Um, and um, that everything you have to say is worth hearing. Please don't silence yourself. That's what I would say. Wise advice, Liz. Very wise. Yeah. Uh, welcome. One one last question on my, my part. What do you know? What's your uh, feelings about the emotional component of stuttering? The below the surface of the iceberg. This mm -hmm. is a huge question. I know. It it is, and I I I have the benefit of having asked a lot of doctors about it, <laughs> so I kind of have kind of a good ba background for it. Um, so again, I'm, I'm not sure how much um, we all believe in diagnoses. I mean, what's that really matter? Um, but for what it's worth, um, the therapist I was seeing told me that my stutter was what's called a neurological stutter. So nerve related. Um, and of course I dug into that, dug my heels into that and read all I could about it. Um, and um, I also live with uh, mental health stuff. Like I have a lot of anxiety and I have OCD as well. And, um, and I realized, like, as I even watched like old videos of myself when I was like seven or eight, you know, and I had this exact same, my energy feels like how I talk. It's very like this and very shaky. And I have to, I'm so excited to share things that I, I can't get it out. I just, I just want to talk about it. And I know you to know. And then, like five years ago, it was an amazing movie. Just the movie. And like, and so I just, I've always been like that. And um, what was weird um, is that I was taking medication for, for a long time, anxiety medication. And one of the strangest things is it, it made my stutter, I shouldn't say made it, but it significantly uh, went away. And I didn't like that, which really surprised me. Because if, if I were a kid, if someone said, hey, you can take this pill and you'll be a lot calmer, you won't need to rush through your sentences and you can just say, hell yeah, give it to me, right? But to have that be taken away from me, it was like a friend. I was like, no, but but I stutter. That's a thing I do. I don't want to lose that. So I, uh, so yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm I'm no longer taking it, and and my stutter came back. And I actually had a a really honest conversation with with a couple of friends of mine. They were like, you gave me a ride a couple months ago, and you were stuttering really badly. Like, did I offend you? Were you upset with me? I was like, oh no, no, I'm just not on the medication anymore. And they were like, oh thank God, I thought you were angry with me. I was like. <laughs> Um, but it felt like coming home, coming home to a stutter. That's interesting. But anyway, that's my experience of it. <laughs> Caitlin? Yeah, I did want to ask one more thing. Um, so you mentioned early on that it was just recently within the past couple of years that you kind of reached that point of acceptance with your stutter. Was there like a key person or thing or experience or something that kind of set you on that journey towards acceptance? Definitely. Um, I would say that it was um, my friend, um, my friend Parisienne, the, 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 the Parisian woman who gave me that book, said how to cure my stutter. And I was so upset by that, which I didn't think I was going to be upset by. Because again, it's the intention. She, 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 she didn't mean for it to be that way. But I was like, why use the word cure? Because guérir, it has, it means heal, but also cure and I'm like neither one of those are very polite but I couldn't but I couldn't put my finger on why I was like I'm I've been rubbed the wrong way by this and I don't know why and I had to like face some things in myself and I realized it was because she was trying to change me even if she thought it was for the best I mean like that's like saying someone has poison ivy and you wish they didn't have it so they wouldn't suffer I remember being like but that's not 
that's not what this is, right? It's like saying, I wish you didn't have blonde hair. Like, it's so weird. Um, but yeah, so I decided that I wasn't going to let anybody um, even, even, um, God, it's quite a little fest. There's a, um, uh, in, in a way that's not um, negative, in a, in, a, in, a, in a productive way, there you go, in a productive way, it, I wasn't going to let someone change me even in a productive way, but I wasn't going to let myself change myself. I was like, no, you were made this way and that's, that's how it is. And I'm someone that has a stutter and that's totally fine. I think also when I, when I, when I'm giving all this advice, I'm a firm believer that when you give advice, you're really also giving it to yourself. So I'm like, speak up, Liz. Don't be afraid to speak your truth. Always tell a story. Everything you say matters. And I'm like, gee, thanks, Liz. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. But yeah, so yeah. That, that was the moment I would say. You know, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm, you know, I'm always amazed that whenever I, I listen to, you know, to, you know, to, you know, you know to other uh, 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 other people's story, a story that stutters, I also learn as, as well. You know, because mm. we, you know, we help uh, help to motivate and and e e inspire each other. So so thanks a lot, Liz. This has been really nice, and uh, this you know this you know this this is quite timely because uh, 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 I hear Luke you know Luke, you know Luca in the background uh, tuning up the white ivories on his piano. This means that uh, uh, the uh, the time time is ending. Oh bless! Well, I've dearly enjoyed it. So thank you both very well, much. Well, thank you. Well, we we will have have you back because. I'm sure Caitlin and I both still have lots of questions. <laughs> Fabulous. It'd be a pleasure. Some Stutter Love, Newfoundland's first podcast about stuttering, has so much to talk about. Let's start listening. This has been an episode of Some Stutter Law, Newfoundland and Labrador's first podcast about stuttering. Some Stutter Law is hosted and produced by Greg O'Grady, Caitlin Mayo, Dr. Paul DeDecker, and Luca Dino. Some Stutter Law is available on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. To ask a question, send us a comment or a suggestion, or just to get in touch, find us online at Some Stutter Podcast on Instagram or Some Stutter Law Pod on Facebook. Thanks for listening.